politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, Travis. Bo. Adam. Bo, 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 so travis what do you see as the scam de la season (laughs) (laughs) well it's actually an article i just put up on your website adamlevin.com college scams so all the acceptance and rejection letters have gone out and applicants have until may 1st to decide where they're going to be going to school so if you've been waitlisted, that it can still last until like right before uh, I think the first day of school, I believe. Wow. So agony. it's like so wait agony. agony, but also like a really ripe time for scams. Exactly, as we know that with scammers, they really depend on distraction. They uh, depend on people being kind of worried or overwhelmed, and they jump uh, to any opportunity for people to be sending in uh, information, or if they're eager to hear a notification from a school or an institution. Well, now, but also, so I happen to have a child who just got into a school. We're going to leave it at that because we're not going to uh, open her up to identity scam. Golf applause. So she just got, she just got into, accepted into a great school, one of the public ivies, but we're going to leave it there because we don't want her to suffer an identity related crime. Now, what does the crime look like? It could be. No, you're giving it away. Oh, sorry. Hey, knock it off. So go blue. Anyway, so <laughs> the I did I did just buy I did just buy uh, a T-shirt that says Michigan Dad, and I bought her some Michigan sweatpants, and I'll buy anyone else Michigan swag if they want it. Um, On Wisconsin, I'm a Michigan guy. I'll take the swag. You got it. You got it. Listen. So now is the time people are finding about financial aid, scholarships, what's going on with their FAFSA applications, and. Um, Dorm assignments could be happening now. Packages, you know, you have to send money for uh, to hold your spot. There are so many openings for a scammer right now up until May 1st. And after May 1st, it's even worse because pretty much everyone applies to more than one school. And this year, the best schools had the lowest acceptance rates ever, which means that there are wait lists. And even if you got rejected, imagine you applied to Harvard. Now, Harvard has a 0% waitlist uh, 
acceptance rate because everyone accepts when they get an offer from Harvard. Um, but you might not know that, and you might have applied, and you might get a letter saying, hey, just want to let you know that a spot has opened up for you at Harvard. You're going to click the link. A new scam is targeting students who are looking for help to pay for college. The Lee County Sheriff's Office now stepping in with some stiff warnings. Former Corner's John Rapolo letting you know how to keep from being a victim. John? Yeah, and Lee County deputies tell us they're getting reports about a scam that's turning students into play for scammers. Authorities saying they got a call into their fraud line from a college student who was reportedly scammed out of nearly $1,000 for what she thought was a legitimate grant program. The scammer telling her that she qualified for financial aid. They know this because this generation is on social like no generation before. And all it takes is for a scammer to sit there and wait for some hapless 18-year-old to say something about the schools they applied to. It's an open door from there. And, and the secret, again, with scammers is they're hoping that you're distracted and yet focused at the same time. You're maniacally focused on one issue, which is college. And therefore, they'll send you something because you're hoping, you're praying, you're in a, expecting to get something. And then it shows up, except it's not it. Or you're panicked, too. Remember, there's a lot of panic that goes around this stuff. Tons of panic. Right. Even yeah. if you got accepted into the college of your dreams and you post that on, say, Instagram or any other uh, social media thing of, yeah, I got into Harvard. Stanford. That can be a signal for someone just to send an email on behalf of uh, Harvard or Stanford um, just saying, there's a problem with your application. Well, they'll be more specific than that, I think. They'll, they'll say there's a problem with your financial aid package or there's a right. problem with, you know a very specific thing, or you haven't yet chosen your dorm assignment. It's going to be specific mm -hmm. anyway. So so yeah, I think that's probably the scam. I can't say what you said, but that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, cyber goalie. I'm Bo, cyber stick. I'm Travis, cyber puck. And today we're talking with someone who assumed they were scam-proof. Well, that's until a Craigslist scammer got the better of them. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, 
I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Hi, Bill Whalen. Welcome to What the Heck. Yep. Where are you calling us uh, from today? I'm based out of the Minneapolis area in the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Wait, before you go any further, Minneapolis, did you see the news from your local news yesterday? I'm sure I did. <laughs> they, so discovered, <laughs> they discovered tape of Prince at the age of 11 I watched oh, your saw hometown. That. Yeah, it was yep. actually in an archive of, I think, the WCCO archives. If serendipity was a story, then you are about to watch one of the most fortunate strokes of luck ever here at WCCO. A mysterious gem unearthed on accident, giving people a glimpse into Minneapolis history through the eyes of a young musical icon. While we all had a feeling who this young boy might be, we knew we needed help from those who knew him best. It's a journey and story you'll only see here on WCCO. And uh, what do you do for your living? I am actually a principal technical specialist for Microsoft. So what that entails oh, wow. is okay. demoing products to customers uh, focused on the business applications segment, which is like Dynamics and Power Platform. So it's usually to do with anything from automating particular business functions to providing an entire business system for sales, marketing, customer service, and beyond. So when the when the podcast ends, then we can call you and ask for technical advice on a variety of there you go. product. Yeah, I'm the tech support guy for the family. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm seeing behind you now. This is audio, so you can't see this, but behind behind Bill is a wall of amazing guitars. Well, one question mark, but three yahoos. Um, and that SG, I got. I have to ask you: Have you discovered that your SG? doesn't require any kind of bar to bend the neck. You just can just sort of push it forward and get, do you know that? You know, trick? that's a very personal question, Bill. <laughs> I, I need to know. I would is not he, talk he, about any man's Is he pushing SG. that neck? I'm just I'm not going to share which direction it bends, but I'll share the, the bend technique. But any guitar without a whammy bar, which is usually they'll attach this device to the bridge of a guitar towards the bottom where you can make the uh, sound go really wonky. Um, but you can press on the neck in opposite directions and get a little bit of that effect, kind of like a tremolo. 
Yeah, I discovered that you can't push it too hard, though. I snapped the I snapped <laughs> the headstock off of mine when I was fourteen. Yeah, I can't can't say I I've done that before. <laughs> I I make, I make kind of whammy sounds when Bo presses on my neck too. So I get all that. the time. Yeah. Hey, so but I was just making you know small talk on our way to hearing about the, your scam talk. What happened to you? So I honestly, this is the first time ever that I've been scammed this way. Uh, so I thought it was impressive enough to uh, share it with the world and, and no shame, realize that anybody, no matter how technical they are, can get scammed. So on a whim, I wanted to take one of my four kids to a hockey game, a Minnesota Wild game. So that's our local pro team. And it, they had a game going on that day. So I normally in the past, I've gone on Craigslist and searched for tickets can typically find people with like season tickets that are just looking to get rid of them. Um, and I contacted somebody that I thought looked legit and I got scammed. What did the message look like? So the initial message was just a basic post. Um, there definitely was some red flags in the posting itself, uh, mainly because, you know, there was, it was cheaper than face value there was a picture of their arena, but there was some other language in it that didn't make a ton of sense. What um, sort of language, Bill? Well, it was things like, um, you know, the the you know these are the, the describing like the quality of the seats was using like adjectives and verbs that didn't quite make sense, um, or you know, so their use of language, some of their um, you know location based things, like they didn't. It, it might have been clear in hindsight that they didn't know as much about the Minneapolis-St. Paul area as they should have if they're selling tickets. So things like that. But you're moving fast. You want to get tickets. Yep. Yeah. The, the One of the common themes of getting scammed is sense of urgency. So, hey, I need this now. The event's happening. I need to get the tickets. So there was a, a built-in sense of motivation. So, so is that why you used Craigslist as opposed to, let's say, an authorized reseller or went to the wild reseller? section on there yeah they typically use i think ticketmaster for resale and you know ticketmaster's fees are so dang high you they pay for are. a 50 dollars <laughs> ticket and you're paying 80 so you know i was just looking for decent seats in a decent price range and i've unloaded tickets myself when i couldn't use them and it was last minute so you know what i should have done is looked up phone numbers and done some things that i ended up doing later uh, to prevent and, you know, protect myself from being scammed. Well, in the interest of no shame zone, Bill, <laughs> I, I, I actually was at a concert in New York City at the Beacon Theater uh, at a show that I thought was really a hard show to get tickets for, and we lost a ticket, like just lost one of the tickets. What do you do? Um, it turned out the tickets we bought were sold at a price so far higher than what was available at the box office day of. I thought, no, there's not going to be any tickets available. There were plenty of tickets available. And um, and they were, you know, it was literally $150 versus $500 Ooh. a seat. Wow. So, so there's a lot of gouging out there, but that's not a scam. That's just somebody who's an opportunist. That's just someone being 
greedy. What What are the hallmarks of this scam that happened to you? Because it doesn't sound like you were hit by a greedy person. Well, it was, I would say your example was more, uh, I'll call it enterprising or op- entrepreneurial in nature, right? <laughs> so, you know, they, I think what I could tell is that this is probably a, a large group of people that are not located in the U.S., that it's all about volume. They're just trying to get as many people to hit these ads as they can because they're offering good seats for a good price. And it, that attracts people, especially because they post them on the day of the event. So it, And they're all over, in their venues all over the United States, most likely. Most likely. I haven't gone out and looked, but I, what I, one thing I did to try to understand like what's the scope in Minneapolis was I set up a Craigslist alert that, that triggered on the keywords I used. So every time a post hits, I see a, a link to it. And it's, it's always the day of a hockey game. I took my kids to see Billie Eilish a couple weeks ago. They were posting like crazy for that. She's had a she's had a good week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, pretty good week. <laughs> Billie Eilish stuns with her performance at the 2022 Grammy Awards. You call me again, drunk in your bed. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I started getting emails from people because I I would create a post on Craigslist that says these are scammers. Watch out. And it would have a number of tips on like what to look for in their posts. And I was getting several folks reaching out saying, you saved me money because I avoided these people because of your note. So that was pretty exciting to see. All right. So, Bill, let's just back up for a minute. So how and why did you start investigating these scammers? And how did you determine that there was a large group of them? I wanted to first find out, like, when this kind of thing happens to me, I'm very, very curious why or what, like who, what, where, when, why, like, how are they doing this? Is it one person locally or is it a group that's like scamming a ton of people? So like the first thing I did is I really started looking at the Venmo accounts that they used and they, you know, they claim their business accounts. So you'll get reimbursed if you pay it and it goes nowhere. So I think that's their safety net for, for the people they're scamming. Cause at the end of the day, I reported it to Venmo and several other authority bodies and it ended up getting refunded like they gave me my money back but you know at the end of the day it looked very apparent that they were taking my money or other people's money and i could see who else had paid them because of how venmo works because it shows you know who's sent them money so much for consumer privacy right (laughs) yeah i could see the individuals i could find them on facebook because i reached out to a few of them just to say hey just so you know i did this and i'm going to get my money back and then, you know, I could see how many accounts they were filtering the money through. So it was very apparent to me that they were laundering money through Venmo. So it would hit the main account that they sent me, which was some random, you know, Sandra shop, quote unquote. And the dude, you know, texting me was not Sandra. <laughs> it was some guy and, oh, it's my wife's account. Right. So then I would see that money instantly get sent to like three to five other accounts that had similar names. And eventually that money trail would end up in something that looked like an end account. But I couldn't for sure tell because I don't have enough data. How did you trace it? I am curious about how you actually tracked that money and where it was moving in the various accounts. So, you know, essentially I opened up a spreadsheet and I would have a link to like the first Venmo account and I would document some of the data around it, like what location it said to have be set up on. Like in one case, it was like Fletcher, North Carolina or whatever. And then I would see the names of people that have paid them and then where they were paying, you know, they were distributing money from that point to other accounts. So like I sent money to Sandra's shop. Well, Sandra's shop sent money to Angie's shop, 
Delia Special Shop, Super Quality Low Price Shop, like these random account names that at some point it would eventually just end in a dead end. It's so weird that they didn't make it private. It's strange that they weren't, they didn't have their transactions private. Well, that's like, that's like the hacking group that got nailed recently. The folks that got into Microsoft and Okta and the whole list of companies. And uh, it turned out they were able to trace it back to them because they never covered their tracks. And a bunch of them were teenagers. Well, Venmo specifically is built to be more open and it has very little protective measures unless you have a business account set up, which is why they put that in their ploy because they're like, yeah, we're going to get paid and you're going to get your money back. So we don't care if you get scammed. I think that at the end of the day, that's, that's their goal. I mean, a great example, you look at my profile, I'm paying somebody once a month through Venmo to tutor my kids you know, for school. Well, you could see the person's name I'm paying. You could figure out where they live based on their name. Like there's very little protection when it comes to places like Venmo and Cash App and these non-closed platforms that are meant to be paying between friends. Like the intent of them is to pay somebody you know. But you can set it. So only the sender and recipient can see a transaction. I wonder if that leads to a false sense of security to a certain extent, too, because if you were to see something that's completely locked down, that might raise a few more red flags for folks. Whereas if they're actually able to see exactly if it looks like it's open and uh, it's a lot more likely to seem like it's on the level, potentially. I think that's right, Travis. I think so. Here's the thing. You can set Venmo so that your all your transactions are private. I have it set that way myself. So when I send my kids money or my partner money for, we, we sometimes figure out our bills that way. Or send me money. Um, never. Um, <laughs> we, oh, now I'm going to do it as soon as we finish the show today. I'll send you $3. But, the, the, but you don't have a Venmo account, which is an even better way to avoid getting <laughs> scammed on Venmo. True. And, and, um, but you know the best way to not get punched, what is it? Not be there. Correct. So I I think that, um, you know, it, Venmo, Travis, it's a fantastic point you make. Venmo is a great place for scammers because it, it gives the appearance of openness, but it isn't open at all. And you can set it tight as a tick uh, so that nobody can see what you're doing. See what's happened? Bo's living in Connecticut now, and now we're picking up New England phrases like, tight as a tick. <laughs> and I can't bear you. <laughs> growl anyway so so yeah that was pretty squirrely you know so let's talk about weight loss most of us have been there struggling with the ups and downs you lose some weight then it creeps back but forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses soup diets and the latest fad workouts there's a better way the rope body program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off need support bro's got you covered every step of the way and guess what you can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. 
Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash ADAM. I'm wondering, too, uh, since Craigslist seems to be the main uh, platform for these guys, um, did you try reporting it to Craigslist? And I'm guessing you already know the answer, but did they reply? <laughs> so, <laughs> Do fish swim? I'm yeah. just, you know. I, I will say I did report it. I mean, I flagged the, the, the postings and they were taken down. Uh, the thing I did, I didn't go to, you know, contact me through Craigslist. I went to LinkedIn and I looked for people with fraud or, or anti-Monday laundering in their titles that work at Craigslist. Oh, that's clever. And I sent them messages directly because I was like, this is happening and it's probably everywhere and you need to be doing a better job sniffing and sussing these out. Um, did and they I respond? Didn't, I, uh, fish swim, right? No. <laughs> I didn't hear back. <laughs> so, Bill, you, you sent us over it. Really, some very impressive documentation. What, what motivated you to track this the way you did? And why have you continued to follow the scam even after the event? Well, like I said, I am super curious how this stuff works and why they're doing it and who's involved. So, you know, I, I've personally done cybersecurity training on platforms like Hack the Box and Try Hack Me. Those are websites that you can use uh, in some cases free of charge to learn like different uh, penetration testing and OSINT tactics. OSINT stands for Open Source Intelligence Gathering. So my first thing is to understand who are these people. So I start to dig into the accounts, what data I can glean. Like I run password resets to figure out what their email addresses are. I'll look up phone numbers to find out if they're actual phone numbers or if they're, they're voiceover based phone numbers that are hosted on platforms like TextNow. They're using these voiceover systems to essentially create a you know, it's false sense of security where you're like, oh, this is a real person, they're texting me, but they're just using some software platform to interact with you. If you dig into it, you know, you can figure out very quickly that they're just a front and they likely have, you know, tens and hundreds of numbers they're scamming thousands of people with. So of course, what I did is I set up a TextNow number and I started contacting multiple of the postings, even the ones that scam me to figure out a little bit more data about them. So it's just part of its curiosity, part of its understanding how and why it works. And then I have, you know, my personality is very driven towards justice. I want people, I want these people to stop. I don't want other people to be scammed as a result of what they're doing. Because there's lots of people that aren't quite as technology advanced as I am that very easily can fall victim to these things. No problem any day. I had a Facebook marketplace scam happen to me today, actually. Do tell. Well, you know, I've been looking for a tractor and I went on there and someone had listed a tractor that I really want for $1,000. Oh, wait a minute. What the heck do you need a tractor for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now here's so, the I'm other part. We ask ourselves that pretty often. Why? why are you, you don't strike me as the farmer type, but I, I need a, I need a tractor. Uh, I need the front loader so that I can carry my, the, we have a bear. Um, around the property because he's very lazy. So I need to carry the bear around. I need to dig holes every once in a while for the bear to sleep in, stuff like that. You have a tractor need and a bear. Well, we have a bear. I need a tractor so that it can make the bear's life better. <laughs> in fact, we spend a great deal of We've made several cyber presentations discussing at length <laughs> Bo and the bear and the need for Bo not to get eaten by the bear. Yeah. So. And if you're listening and this doesn't get cut from the show, we will post a video of said bear minus the tractor because I still don't have one. 
No, I, w- I go on every day and I look on Marketplace for a few things that I need because I'm renovating an old farmhouse and a tractor is on the top of that list. And so today I looked and there was a tractor for $1,000. Now, that's about mm, fifteen dollars to $20,000 less than it should be. Now, it's a typical example of, you know, if something is not priced right, it's wrong. The old, if it sounds too good to be true. But Bill, is something, you know, you said something which I, you know, I thought was very interesting and I think it would be very helpful for our listeners. So some of the techniques that you used to sort of follow up on these guys that listeners might be able to do to keep them safe as well. Like you mentioned text now. What is that? Yeah. So text now is a platform for set like provisioning or requesting a phone number and then using text now, either the web app or their phone application on your mobile device. It allows you to send a text message, make phone calls, so it's not too indifferent to things like, you know, Facebook Messenger or email, with the exception is that you're using a text now phone number to communicate. And the reason that might be smart, so if you're going to purchase things from someone, uh, use an email address or a phone number that's not yours, that's not your daily use email or phone number, because then you protect, you put a layer between yourself and the scammers so that they can't then share that phone number with all their buddies and put you on all sorts of other fun scam lists. So is that why, uh, you know, Google Voice is all the rage now or certainly the reason why a lot of people are getting scammed? Yeah, I mean, any of these voiceover-based IP services, so what, what I mean by that is a company like Google is providing a telephony service to the public that you can use to message and make phone calls. It, it not only allows you to protect yourself to create a layer between your actual phone number and the scammer or other people, but it also allows the scammers the same luxury. Uh, you know, one of the things I did through this process was I, you know, I went and got that text now phone number and I sent the guy that scammed me or gal or group or whoever they are a message uh, from that other number and he, he or they engaged me. Well, um, there's a thing I, I created called a canary token, and this is through uh, a buddy of mine that's involved in cybersecurity, I was like, how can we figure out where these people are located? So a canary token is the ability to create like a URL or a web link that basically will capture their IP address. And if you capture a person's IP address, it'll tell you where they're physically located or at least where the server is that they're bouncing off of. That was another reason why I believe that this was a bigger operation is the, the IP that bounced back was a uh, located in a Google virtual private cloud. And you're only going to pay for something like that if you got some bankroll behind it. Google voice scams are one of the most common things out there right now. And one of the reasons, Bill, if you're going to be doing a lot of scamming, you need phone numbers to use. Yep. And I will tell you, so the first thing I'm doing now on these is I I take the phone number and I punch the number into a website called numlookup.com. Oh, me too. Yep. See if it's a scam. And that tells you, is it an actual, like, if you look up my phone number, it says it's a T-Mobile number. Like, they provisioned it, so you know it's an actual cell number or a landline. In the case of these scammers, those phone numbers belong to voice over IP hosting providers that are not the carrier. So that's a huge red flag. You said you try to uh, teach your kids how to avoid scams or how to recognize those. Uh, What are some of the things that you let them know? Yeah, so many times, you know, my kids are between 12 and 18. I have four Mm -hmm. of them. 
And there's a particular few that are a little bit more susceptible to things. And, and they're like looking for, you know, anime related products or clothing that would very much land you on websites that likely are hosted by Chinese companies or non-US entities. So many times I'm like, you know, I'll be a little bit careful about that website because it doesn't quite look legit or if it's not, you know, located or has a presence in the US, steer clear. Um, so a lot of times I'll redirect them to Amazon or other sites that are more reputable that will deliver consistent service. And, you know, they've experienced it through ordering things that don't show up or, you know, they, they ordered a product and it just, you know, it wasn't the right thing. So they start to kind of feel that experience by not getting what they expected. Yeah, I think one of my uh, favorite things I've seen is a friend of mine tried ordering a uh, Lego Millennium Falcon from Star Wars off of a uh, ad he saw on uh, Facebook. And what he ended up getting was a box that was called Lella Starwart. Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome. That is kind of great. Yeah, if you're yeah. buying the $800 Death Star for yeah for 20 bucks, bucks yep. it's yeah. <laughs> not legit. <laughs> you know, and we talked a little bit about earlier about how to spot these. It's like, you know, high value item at, at a cheap price. Phone number is not legit or, you know, it's obvious the English is messed up. Um, you know, there's a short term sense of urgency, you know, Hey, this fills now, if you don't buy in the next hour, you're, you're dead in the water where the game is in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. They, they reference things as like fresh and great seats with good views. Like it's just fresh use of fluffy seat. Yeah. Ticks is (laughs) ticks, T I X or T I C S instead of tickets. Like you'll notice things in hindsight, man, that was not legitimate. Like putting dollar signs after the number versus in front. So these are all signals that say, hey, this individual is either not here, like they say they are, or it's just a complete bogus thing where they're trying to get money out of people. So, Bill, after everything you've talked about here, and with your experience with Craigslist, do you think they should be more involved, less involved? Do you think they should be more responsible for all of this? Or is it really between the buyer and the seller? So I personally feel like if they're going to allow people to sell tickets for sporting and other events, they need to put some controls in place to validate and verify that who's selling these items is legit. So, for example, when you sell an item or a ticket back, like I purchased a, a seat for a venue recently and I can't go, so I was going to resell it. You do that through the Ticketmaster app, right? So it's ver- verified, it's validated, it transfers through the payment process. Same thing, I recently sold a piece of uh, music gear on a site called Reverb, which is built for selling musical equipment. And the way the process works is you list it, somebody buys it, they don't send you payment until you ship the item and it actually is, is confirmed that it arrives. So they've put controls in place to make sure that both ends of this are going to get what they expect. Um, you know, Craigslist could very easily for things like tickets, contact Ticketmaster and through a couple of calls, technically through APIs where they, their systems could talk to each other. They could validate that it's legitimate by somebody putting in like a barcode number. So there's lots of opportunity for Craigslist to tighten this up. My, my concern or worry is that this isn't just an issue in Minneapolis. It's, it's all across the country and there's tens and thousands of, you know, scammers out there doing this exact thing. 
And the impact financially is probably fairly significant. So, but there's not a lot of incentive. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day is, you know, if, if Craigslist is like, well, you know, for every bill, there's a Bob and a, and a, a, you know, Harry who aren't complaining when they get scammed out of a hundred bucks, we're good because they get a vig on everything. I think that, I think that it really does come down to a a de-incentivizing scams, which means that a lot of people like you, Bill, have to stand up and say, uh-uh. Listen, you have to be impressed by all the things that Bill did. I mean, this is like a chronicle Mm -hmm. that he created. It's very impressive, but it's a staggering amount of work, and it's work that needs to be done by somebody who's a real professional. But guys, listen, for the rest of the human race, is there an alternative to what he just did? I don't know. My, My two cents is that expecting a company that is engineered to make money, spend money, so that you don't get scammed on the site that they created just to make money. It's not a, it's not very, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen without a lot of pressure anyway. And the bills of the world are few and far between. Most people, when they get taken for the kinds of money that these scams target, just, just, you know. Shrug it off. Yeah. Right. That's why it's helpful that there are organizations out there that you can get to through your insurance company or financial institution or your employer that will help you through situations like this and try to help you recover your money. And sometimes they build relationships with people on unnamed, fabulously wealthy, successful uh, social media platforms that will pay attention because of relationships that were built with these organizations. You well, know, I don't know about that, but I do know, you know something that we've talked about since we've started working together, which is the only person you can really count on in this situation, if you don't want to get scammed, is yourself. Just look in that mirror and realize you are standing between you and some very bad people. And no one else. And Craigslist for sure isn't anywhere in that picture. Well, the thing about Craigslist is it's convenient for buying things and it's convenient for selling things. And that makes it extremely convenient for scammers. Yeah. Convenience versus security, my friends. That's the ongoing debate. Well, also just, you know, but the, but Bill's, Bill's particular case, it, it did pivot around being in a rush. He decided day of that he wanted to go to an event and that put him, that put him in a position to be compromised. But yet, if you go to, you know, legitimate resale sites, uh, you will pay more. It will be painful. But at yeah. least they'll make sure that you get what you pay for. True. I mean, you may pay a premium, but at least you will be getting what you paid for. Well, well, and th- well think, think, about, think about <laughs> the trade-off between a good deal that is actually too good to be true, followed by yeah. hours of agonizing investigative work in order to try to get to the bottom of it versus dealing with a reseller yeah. paying more but getting what you want. 
No, 100%. Then you, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll give you 100% more than it's worth because I won't have to do all that. Well, the thing, too, that makes uh, tickets and the like uh, so ideal for scams, too, is that they have no real intrinsic value in and of themselves. But what you were talking about before with having a tractor being sold for $1,000, you can immediately sell a rat on that because you just say, I know a tractor costs this much. Um, yeah. If you're going to see Bob Dylan or if you're going to go see a hockey game or something like that, some people might be willing to pay 10 bucks. Some people might be willing to pay 1000 You just don't know. And as far as that's concerned, that makes it a little bit harder to have a red flag show up because you really don't know what the overall value of something is. The ticket cost can vary. The availability can vary. The uh, you know convenience fees that Ticketmaster charges can vary. Um, it makes it a lot harder to smell a rat there. Yeah, I mean, I also think that you know he brought up Reverb.com, mm -hmm. which is a place where people sell instruments. They have an escrow model. They hold on to the money. It doesn't get delivered until the goods get delivered. The goods get plugged in or played or whatever, and they check out. Then money changes hands. So it does exist out there, but it doesn't exist everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, eBay certainly does not have that model, um, but they have other safeguards. I just think you know it is the bottom line is is buyer beware. Always has been, always will be. Unfortunately. So listen, folks, thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you heard, we would really appreciate it if you would help us help other people hear what you liked. So please give us a review and give us five stars. It's such a nice number, five. It also means change if you're a numerology person. Oh, my uh, gosh, Adam. <laughs> Give the guy five stars. <laughs> yeah, it's a spiritual thing, right? All right. Deep, It'll deep. change your life. It'll change our lives. It will change it will our change. lives because we'll get to stop hearing Adam ask for five stars. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.